Let's turn our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 1 to 6. Jeremiah chapter 18. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, <clears throat> Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Let's read a few more scriptures further. Verse 7. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to pluck up, to pull down, to destroy it, if that nation again against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. Verse 10, if it does evil in my sight, so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. So we see a situation where Jeremiah was asked to go to a potter's house. And as he was seeing what was going on there in the potter's house, God started speaking to him. And that's what we see. God speaking to Jeremiah. So I want to turn your attention to three faces of the clay. Face number one, we see the clay at the potter's hands. Phase two, the clay formed as a vessel but ruined or but marred at the hands of the potter. Phase three, the clay which is made as a vessel of honor. Clay that is seen at the potter's hand, clay formed as a vessel but marred, clay that is made as a vessel of honor. Every Christian on this earth is either one face or other as we saw just three faces of the clay. Either they are just a clay which is raw taken out of the ground and the potter started working on the clay. Or it is a clay, it is made as a beautiful vessel but now that vessel is broken and the potter is trying to make that as another vessel. Other times the vessel is already made and it is considered as a vessel of honor. Every one of us are in one phase or other in our lives. If we try to think about our lives where we are in today, we will be able to identify whether we are just a rock clay which is just taken out of the ground or it is a vessel which is made once but now it is broken or it is a vessel today, it is considered as a vessel of honor. 
clay in potter's hand let's talk about the phase one of the clay clay in potter's hand verse 6 says O house of Israel can I not do with you as this potter says the Lord look as the clay is in the potter's hand so are you in my hand O house of Israel God is telling through Jeremiah look you need to understand that you are like the clay in the hands of the potter and you people are like the clay in the hands of the potter you are in my hands you are in my hands so we are talking about the clay that is in the hands of the potter why did this clay came come from where did this clay come from the rock clay was found in the ground and we all know how the pot is you know, made in the potter's house. So the clay is dug out from the ground and it is brought into the pottery where he works. And he dries this clay in the sun for weeks together. So the clay is dried completely. Now this dried clay is dumped into a cement lined tank or we can say and into a wooden trough and covered with water so this mud which is taken from the ground and now it is brought into the potter's house and now he is putting that the mud into cement vessels or wooden vessels and added water to, to it now he just leaves it for a few days and the clay becomes soft and he stirs it up he stirs the clay inside that pot and it becomes a flowing mud within that pot now when it becomes very soft very fluid flowing mud that is the mud is poured out into settling tanks and these settling tanks as the clay is kept for weeks together they settle down and the stones and the lumps they settle down into this vessel now it is allowed there to settle down for weeks together so that becomes the clay becomes a soft plastic material and eventually this plastic material is taken out and it is kneaded with feet by feet and now this prepared clay which is plastic or which is pliable it is kept it is taken out of the vessels and it is stored packaged and stored for more than six months and during this long time when this clay is stored it, it develops certain characteristics certain qualities within it especially the plasticity and the pliability are coming into picture of this clay now the clay is prepared now it can be transformed into a beautiful vessel in the hands of the potter you know this is the perfect portrait of you and me today God brought us just raw and he brought us into the house of God and he started working in our lives the way the rock clay is brought dug out of the ground and brought into the house of the potter and as the potter takes the clay through various processes God brought us into this house and he started working in our lives you know every one of us all of us are going through that process and as the rock clay if you take the log rock clay it is just basically useless the raw life when we were found in this world 
it is really useless for God. You know, that's the reason God brought all of us into the potter's house. As the potter works on the clay every day, the clay is getting transformed into something which will be eventually can be used. And how that happens in our lives? Word of God. Along with the Holy Spirit, they together work in our lives to prepare us into a vessel that can be used by God. You know, as the clay is expected to be in the hands of the potter, God is expecting us to be in the hands of our Heavenly Father. As He continues to work in our lives, God expects us to be in the hands of the Father. As the clay yields itself to the work of the potter, God is expecting us to yield to God as He continues to work in our lives. You know, the clay has multi, many options. The clay can yield itself to the potter and ask the potter to just make me as a beautiful vessel. Or even the clay can resist. And if the clay is resisting in the hands of the potter, probably at times even the potter has to throw that clay and maybe he may take another lump to you know, continue to do the work in, uh, as he is trying to prepare beautiful vessel. You know, at this point, when the potter is about to make something, he's again working on the clay. He is continuing to work on the clay. He uses some of the implements, some of the as in, instruments to work on the clay. For example, some of the instruments which are used there, a shovel is used at the beginning to dig the ground and get this mud, get this clay from the ground. A shovel is used as God works in our lives. We see the convincing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we were raw, the Spirit of God was convicting us. He was convincing in our lives that you need a Savior. You need somebody you can rely on. You need somebody who can, you can trust on. Spirit of God was convincing in our lives that you need to depend on God. You need to rely on God. You need to give your life to God. The convincing work of the Holy Spirit is what we see as a shovel. You know, with which he dig the ground, digs the ground and gets the clay. And secondly, the potter also uses a mallet. You know, after the clay has been gone through the cleansing process, the clay is spread out, laid on the table. And it is beaten up with a wooden mallet. The potter takes the clay through the tough process of beating on it over and over again. Beating over it. Why he does that? The potter does that because, you know, if he is not beating on those clay, on the clay, there may be air gaps, there may be voids in the clay. And the potter's objective is to get all the bubbles, air bubbles out of the clay. If the air bubble happen to be there in the clay, later on when it is transformed, made as a vessel, it's going to be a weak point where the clay can, the pot can break. So potter is beating on the clay over and over again in order to get all the air bubbles removed. So that the weak spots are no more there. God's word. Word of God does that in our lives. Word of God says God's word is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. You know God's word when we listen to the word of God. When we allow the word of God to work in our lives. The word of God comes into our lives as a hammer beating the rocks and breaking them into pieces. And God does that in our lives. 
God does that. Then the potter uses a wheel. If you would have seen that the clay is being kept on the wheel. I was thinking about what this wheel can be. The potter is always in control of the wheel. He's always, his hands are on the wheel. I would think the wheel representing the presence of God. You know, when God brings us into his house and when he started working on our lives as a hammer being, with the hammer being, the clay is being beaten up, as the word of God is teaching us, the word of God is beating over us, our lives, in order to remove all the draws and especially the air bubbles in our lives. But you know what? Our God keeps us in the presence of God. All these things will happen, are happening in the presence of God. As the clay is always kept on the rotating wheel. And that's where the potter is trying to make the beautiful vessel out of it. And and we also see his hand being applied over the clay. As the wheel spins around. The clay is always in touch with the hands of the potter. The loving, the compassionate hands of God is always upon us. You know, I could see that comparison, I'm sure you also. The way the clay is being transformed into a vessel, Lord God is bringing us into his house and working in our lives through the word of God and through the work of the Holy Spirit. And as he puts his hand, at times his hand is heavy, at times his hand is gentle, at times you know, we, we feel, enjoy the comfort of his hand, at times we feel the rough and toughness of his hands in our lives as he takes us through different processes. It's all part of the processes. But any point of time we see the potter is always in touch with the clay. His hand is always and the clay is always kept on the wheel. I don't think a potter can make a pot taking the clay out of the wheel. We cannot be removed from the presence of God and still God can work in our lives. It's not possible. God expects us to be in the presence of God. He brings us into the presence of God. Only when we are in the presence of God, our heart is willing to listen from God. You know, that's how he does in our lives. Potter has the power to create. Potter has the power to create. Most of us would have seen that or we would have seen some pictures or videos how the clay is made. Continuously rotating wheel. Always he has put the hands on the clay. Molding it. Pressing it. Making it. And using tools to make this clay as a handiwork. As a work of art in his hand. He uses his finger. He uses his palms. He uses his thumbs. And all working together at times. A little pressure here and there. Pushing, gliding, making a hole at times, even scooping the extra clay out. You know, he does all these things with his hand. And if you carefully watch his hand, we don't know how the how his hand moves. You know, it just moves and all the fingers move together like a robot. And like a pre-programmed, you know, in a movement. It just moves. But eventually, we see a beautiful vessel coming out of it. That's how God works in us. He brings people in our lives. He throws so many things on our way and we see people, we encounter with people, we encounter with situation, we encounter with the difficulties and on all the midst, in the midst of all these things we see the hand of God working in our lives. You know that's how he does things. Always he's keep, uh, the potter keeps the clay a little bit so that it's always pliable, workable, moldable. That's what spirit of God does in our lives too. 
when he does when he works in our lives at times we feel we are so weak we are feeling like depending more on God we feel like you know we, we, we are helpless at this point of time we feel like depending more on God God does that in our lives the clay is eventually yielding itself to the potter's hands because it's expect God expects or the potter is expecting the clay to be made as a beautiful vessel and today God is working in our lives and as we yield our lives God is expecting to make something beautiful out of us can you ever imagine this clay hardening itself and resisting the potter to the desire of the potter even telling the potter that I don't have to do anything with you just leave me alone I don't want to do anything with you just leave me alone can you ever imagine the clay responding reacting to, to the potter in that way what of God says it that's what the children of Israel did to God they were saying we don't want to be your clay we don't want to direct we don't want you to direct our lives and we want to do things in our own way you know that was the desire of the children of Israel they don't want anybody to controlling them they don't want anybody to instruct them you know this is how we need to do things but they were trying to do things in their own way and God is sending Jeremiah the prophet over there you know God has every right to work in our lives the same way the potter has every right because it is his own clay he went for it he went there and he dug that clay and he brought that out and he spent you know his life on that clay and he was sweating and he was toiling on the day you know because he wanted to bring that clay and trans get that clay transformed into a vessel and potter has all the right to work on that clay and today the same way God has all the right to work in our lives because he spent so much he invested so much in our lives by sending his own son by allowing his own son to die for us so he has already invested so today God has all the right to do anything to work in our lives molding and making at times maybe uncomfortable you know the natural tendency is to resist God Lord I can't handle it I don't want to go through it Lord I know that you are working in my life but still Lord I can't handle it Lord take this out of my life Lord I am not able to go through it you know that's a natural reaction but God does this not because of he hates us he loves us so deeply he loves us so deeply that's the reason God is allowing us to go through that process of making and molding you know refusing to be in the hands of the potter is like giving our lives to sin giving our lives to distraction you know at times when we say Lord please don't do that in my life please Lord take this away from my life it is nothing but giving our lives to distraction Lord I, I know what to do Lord please don't do that in my life you know sometimes we do that even sometimes even we ask God Lord I can't handle it but you know God is, is leading us in a very gentle way he does that for our good and he, he, he makes that sure he promises us and he tells us that my objective my intention is to make you as a beautiful vessel 
even though the clay is deformed at times you know we see that still the clay is in the hands of the potter let's talk about that the first phase the clay in the hands of the potter the second phase the ruined vessel the marred vessel or the ruined vessel 18 chapter chapter 18 verse 4 and the vessel that he made of clay was marred or ruined in the hand of the potter so he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make we see the scriptures the way it is written we see the kind of absolute control absolute authority that God is taking over our lives so even in the potter's hand things can go terribly wrong that's what we see here the, the clay was at the hands of the potter potter was trying to make that clay into a beautiful vessel and it is almost done but at this point of time we see there is something terribly going wrong even the clay is still at the hands of the potter but we see that the clay is that the, the vessel is marred at the hands of the potter we think that the fault may be with the potter sometimes he did something wrong but that's not true the, the problem is still with the clay now even after so much of you know care being taken to bring that clay into a pliable you know clay that can be used to make the vessel but then still probably there are some air bubbles left out probably there are some, some dirt left out that becomes a weak point as the potter is about to finish that vessel we see the vessel is marred so we are talking about the ruined vessel in the hands of the potter now there are times even at the best care even the Lord God is leading us into our spiritual life step after step but at times we fall back that doesn't mean that we have gone away from God that doesn't mean that we have totally got destroyed that doesn't mean that God no more cares about us but it happened as it happened at the hands of the potter that vessel is getting marred it happens even in our life too and the moment potter realizes the status of the clay because it is at his hands it's not thrown out it is at his hands and he the moment he felt that there is something wrong he takes a decision I will no more make this vessel into that particular vessel that I wanted to make but instead I will change my plan I will make this vessel into some other vessel I'll make that correction I will try to correct that problem the potter does that immediately he doesn't throw the clay away but he just makes that into another vessel that's what the word of God says he's trying to make it into another vessel even though the clay is deformed it is still at the hands of the potter the potter takes the marred vessel and he presses it back into the lump and he starts all over he starts all over and this time there's a greater possibility that vessel will not be ruined it can be turned transformed into a beautiful vessel a vessel of honor the potter has the power to create and we see the same potter has the power to recreate you know in our spiritual work with the Lord there are times we fall back but our God is a mighty God he loves us and he makes us into something else that is beautiful you know sometimes the pot does not want 
what it was designed for. It doesn't want to be in the hands of the potter most of the time so that God can make us into a beautiful vessel of his original plan. You know, at times we fall back but then God makes us into something else. God makes us into something else. At times we have a question, have I gone back from the original plan of God? Probably yes. God would have had something else beautiful but then we chose it is our decision to come out of it it is our decision to step out of it but then we took the decision but that doesn't mean that God is taking his hand out of us he is still keeping his hand in our lives over our lives but God's objective is to to make us into another vessel we may not be the same vessel we may not have that brightness initially we would have had but God is trying to make something out of it now God is making trying to make something out of it we would not have had the initial glory which God would have kept in place for us but now God is not abandoning us God is still trying to make something out of us you know that's a hope our God is a God of second chance our God is a God of second chance why not second he is a God of multi chances he gives gives us chances over and over again in our lives at times when we when we get when we are not formed in the way God wants us to be formed he takes it he breaks us again he molds us again and he makes us again and he is trying to make us into something beautiful something beautiful he doesn't throw us away he doesn't throw us away he doesn't even take his hand out of us you know if you would have taken his hand out of us probably we are in trouble but even he doesn't take his hand out of us he cancels candles us just as we are just as broken we are and he is trying to make something out of us thirdly we see a beautiful vessel a vessel of honor we talked about the clay that is in the potter's hand we talked about the clay the vessel that is marred we talk about now the vessel of honor let's turn to second timothy chapter 2 verses 20 to 21 second timothy chapter 2 verses 20 to 21 but in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but also of wood and clay some for honor and some for dishonor therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the later he will be a vessel for honor sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work let me read that again but in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but also of wood and clay some for honor some for dishonor therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the latter he will be a vessel of honor sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work if you open God's kitchen cabinet we see different kinds of vessels over there we see jars we see bowls uh, we see cookware we see bakeware we see plates water pots and jugs and mugs and vases you know so many things we see if we open up the kitchen cabinet of god and what of god says some of the vessels are vessels of honor and some of the vessels are vessels of dishonor vessels of honor there is a description given along what to say what is vessel of honor it says made of gold and silver 
purified and sanctified ready for any good work these vessels are kept for special purpose what is the vessel of honor god is talking about here it's made of gold it is made of silver it is purified and sanctified it is just kept there ready for any good work and these vessels are kept for a special purpose and along with this vessel of honor we also see vessels of dishonor what are these vessels made of wood made of clay corrupted at times contaminated by the world and these vessels are just kept there for ordinary use there are vessels over there they are vessels of honor they are kept for special purposes and we also see that vessels of dishonor they are just kept for ordinary use have you seen in a house if you go you enter i mean we have probably have seen in our own house once you enter there there are different vessels are used you can think about it there are vessels they are used for common purpose even though they are considered common those vessels are used every day those vessels are used very frequently but there are vessels of honor we consider probably made of gold or silver or platinum or some material precious material but they are not used they are just kept over there you know there are different kinds of vessels we see in god's kitchen cabinet and this potter is making this vessel to be a vessel of honor god has made you and me as a vessel of honor because vessel of honor is the vessel that is purified that is sanctified that is taken out of the world and kept for a special purpose and god is making us as a beautiful vessel a vessel of honor kept for a special purpose let's read, read some more scriptures first thessalonians 4:7 word of god says first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7 for god did not call us to uncleanness but into holiness first peter 1:15 word of god says but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your contact god is calling us into holiness he is trying to make us as a vessel of honor he is trying to purify us he is trying to sanctify us and god's objective is to make us into a beautiful vessel that is used for a special purpose we are vessels of honor you know today we need to have that belief we need to have that very sure in our lives that i am called to be a vessel of honor i am called not just to be an ordinary vessel i am called to be a vessel of honor that doesn't mean that the ordinary vessel is a vessel is is, a, is of the lower grade probably the ordinary vessel is what is frequently used but god is calling you and i to be a vessel of honor you know what of god is trying to tell us this morning there is something special about us that's what i was trying to understand there are something special about the vessels of honor sanctified useful for the master prepared for every good work there are three things word of god talks about they are sanctified the vessels of honor they are in the scripture we read from second timothy chapter 2 verses 20 to 21 there are three things word of god talks about they are sanctified you and i today are called to be sanctified 
by the precious blood of Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are sanctified vessels of God. Second, useful for the master. God has called us to this place to be used by him. Not just to be cut in some place, but to be used by God. Not just a vessel of dishonor, but to be used by God as a vessel of honor. And third thing, the word of God talks about this vessel is prepared for every good work. Prepared for every good work. You know, he is continuing to work in our lives. He is continuing to work in our lives. The reason why he found us, the reason, the potter, why he went such a far distance into the woods to find that clay, the reason, there is a reason why he went, because you are special. We are special to God. You know, when we are special to God, as long as we stay at the hands of the potter. As long as we are willing to stay at the hands of the potter, we are special. As long as we are trying to be available at the table, at, 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 the, at, the, at the, the wheel of the potter, we are special in the sight of God. As long as we allow God to work in our lives, we are special. That means there are times even we can close the door for God. There are times even we can close the door for God and say that I am not willing to do anything for God. I don't think God can do anything with me. You know, it may be out of our, you know, we, we don't want God to interfere, interfere in our lives. Or it may be thinking that, you know, I'm good for nothing. I, I don't think God can do anything with me. It may be that kind of attitude. But God is telling us, as long as we allow God to work in our lives, we are found so precious in His sight. On the other Sunday when I was preaching in the Maritime, sorry, in the Marine Pentecostal Church in Mascadabai, Carver, I was preaching about precious in my sight. And at the end of the sermon, there's a lady, she came running and she told me, and she was just, her eyes were watering and she told me, God spoke to me today. Because she told me that she came to the church with so discouraged and so disappointed because of something has happened in her life in the past, in the recent past. And she said, God spoke to me. And God is able to find me as precious in his sight. And I believe it's the same thing to you and me today. We are so precious. There is something special about each one of us. There is something special about, we may not be good in everything, but there is something special about each one of us. That's the reason God is following us still. That's the reason God is still following us, otherwise God would have given up already in our lives. There is something hidden, something hidden. I don't know whether to tell this illustration. Have you seen when a couple? From the external look, we think that, oh, how can they go together? The boy is so handsome. He's so pretty. But you look at the girl. I don't think we don't see anything in that. She's so dark and she's so dull and I don't see anything. How can they fit together? And if you go and ask him, how can you love such a girl? He'll say, I find something special, you know. Even he may not be able to tell you. If you just talk to the lovers, they will they'll explain you. I don't understand why I'm, I have fallen in love with this girl. This girl. I found something special. That something is hidden still. You know why God is in love with you? There is something special. There is something special. We don't know. God knows it. There is something special. That's the reason God is always following you. There is something God likes in us. We are unique and different from the rest. We are unique. 
But then we are different from the rest. We are not like somebody else, but we are unique. Probably that's what God likes in our lives. And we don't need to be tried to be like somebody else because we are unique. We are unique. That's what God likes in us. God wants to use us just as we are. But we need to be in the hands of the potter. Are we telling that, Lord, I'm willing to be in your hands, Lord. Just make me into a vessel of honor. You know, but sometimes as the word of God says, we are not willing to be in the hands of the potter. Let's read three, two scriptures and before we close. Let's read Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah chapter 29. Even after knowing all these things, you know, at times we decide not to be at the hands of the potter. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 29 verse 16. 29 Isaiah chapter verse 16. Surely you have things turned around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? For shall the thing made say of him who made it? He did not make me. Or shall the thing formed say of him who formed it? He has no understanding. Who has made me? He has no understanding. Can a clay talk to the potter in this way? But still what of God says. Children of God. They decided to ask these questions to God. In Isaiah chapter 64, word of God says in verse 8, Isaiah 64 verse 8, But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. And you our potter. And all we are the work of your hand. You know, that's what our attitude should be. Not the first verse, but the second verse. We want to say, Lord, now, O Lord, you are our father and we are the clay. You are the potter and all we are the work of your hand. You know, that's what the attitude of our attitude should be to God as he is trying to work in our lives. And this morning I am sure God has spoken to us. God has spoken to us. God is continually working in our lives. He is trying to make us to a vessel of honor. Shall we close our eyes?